a bridge, a real one, between Russia and Crimea? Today, Monday, March 24th, this is The World. I'm Marco Werman. Russia's annexation of Crimea seems more or less complete, but the two don't share a land border, so how to connect them? The Russian government says it wants to build a bridge to uh, connect Russia and eastern Crimea, but that will take some time. And in nearby Moldova, some in the breakaway region of Transnistria hope they're next for annexation. That's very important for the people here who have been waiting for reunification, as they call it, with Russia for the past 20 years. And later, imagine the British pub, but without the pints. Someone that doesn't want to drink still wants to put their glad rags on and go and have a good night out. Alcohol-free bars in Britain, plus Mexico's first mariachi academy. Uh, Stories and more ahead on the world. Support for PRI's The World comes from Medtronic, searching for runners who benefit from medical technology to run in the Medtronic Twin Cities Marathon or Medtronic 10-Mile Run. Application and information available at Medtronic.com slash Global Heroes. I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. Imagine if you lived in Vermont and all of a sudden your state was taken over by Canada, absorbed into Quebec, in fact. There'd be all sorts of changes you'd have to get used to. Currency, language, learning a new anthem... Aside from the sheer legality of Russia annexing Crimea, those are some of the practical considerations now facing Crimeans. And that's one we asked the BBC's Mark Lowen about. He's in the Crimean capital of Simferopol. And with Russian troops firmly in control of the region now, Lowen says Ukraine's authority in the area has all but been crushed. We've had uh, another storming of a military base this morning by Russian troops, um, stormed by attack helicopters and armoured personnel carriers, automatic rifles, stun grenades. And with the full affair dossier, that means that every military base here in Crimea is now in the hand of the Russians. And the president of Ukraine has ordered the Ukrainian troops to withdraw to mainland Ukraine. What that means, in effect, is that the game is up for Kiev, that it no longer has any military control here in Crimea within a the space of a month. Sounds pretty dramatic, I got to say. What about if you're just on the ground in Simferopol? What is the most telltale sign you've seen in, in this area that shows the change of power? Well, it's, it's amazing, Marco, when you think about it, that a month ago, the city I'm speaking to you now was an accepted part of the Republic of Ukraine in Ukraine's southern province. A month on, everything here is Russian. Russian flags everywhere. Uh, in a few weeks' time, it's said that uh, Crimea will adopt the Moscow time zone, moving two hours forward. Uh, there'll be visa issues. There'll be pensions issues. Now, a lot of the Russian majority here, they're very happy about it. But some of the more moderate Russians, and certainly the ethnic Ukrainians and Crimean Tatars here, are absolutely horrified by what has happened, by the uh, efficiency, if you like, of the Russian takeover, uh, and by the fact that really Ukraine has not been able to fight back. I mean, human beings are notoriously averse to change. How are, how are people responding to, I mean, some major changes? Do they like them? There has been a lot of pro-Russian nationalist fervor here in the last month. I've been at countless pro-Russian demonstrations. But as far as the international community is concerned, as far as the West is concerned, and certainly as far as the Ukrainian government is concerned, this whole operation has been a flagrant breach of international law. And again today, the Ukrainian foreign minister speaking in the Netherlands has said that we will try to regain control of Crimea. But frankly, when you're on the ground, uh, it seems like he's probably speaking in a different reality. And people who are opposed to uh, this partition of Crimea as part of Russia now, do they just not even speak up? Well, 
at the start of this operation, they were speaking up, but it seems they were told by their community leaders to withdraw. There was a lot of fear of violence. So some of them are stomaching what's happening, but many of the others are simply incredibly fearful. They do not want to change state, but they realize now that uh, it's a done deal. And what about daily life in Simferopol? I mean, is there a continuity in services through this Ukraine to Russia transition? I mean, is garbage being collected? Is there constant flow of electricity and water? Uh, There was a a slight power outage last night, but we think that's a one-off. Crimea has no geographical link to Russia. The Russian government says it wants to build a bridge to uh, connect Russia and eastern Crimea, but that will take some time. So at the moment, Crimea still depends geographically on Ukraine. The train line to Crimea runs through Ukraine, and Crimea imports about 80% of its electricity and water and energy from mainland Ukraine. So the big question now for the Ukrainian government going forward is, do they try to impress on the people of Crimea by cutting off services, by uh, trying to withdraw.